Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And now your host, she's kind of addicted to bubble tea, Dr. Grace Lee. Hello and welcome back. This episode of Career Revisionist is super special today. I have a guest that really needs no introduction if you are in the internet marketing space, right? So if you are an entrepreneur, a business owner, you know, somebody who is running an internet-based business, it could be dropshipping, e-commerce, it doesn't matter. This person really needs no introduction. But if you're not in that space, his name is Stephen Larson, and he is a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, and we're from the same circles in this business community. So Stephen Larson is a master offer creator and a sales funnel creator. So a sales funnel, and you'll hear him talk about this a lot, and he forgets that not everybody knows what a funnel is, right? So let me tell you right off the bat, if you don't know what a funnel is, you'll hear him, you'll hear him say, I build funnels, I create funnels, right? He'll say that a lot in, the, in our conversation. And a funnel is really like a sales funnel. And it's like a website, but not quite. It's kind of like a website where you go online and it has, there's like a message on there that when you read the message, it leads you to an offer and you can buy the offer on that page, right? And that's called a sales funnel because you're entering your information and you purchase that product or service from service from that website. And it's it's a funnel. It basically, it funnels the clients through, the funnels customers through into becoming a client when they make that purchase, right? So Stephen Larson is a sales funnel creator, right? And he helps companies to deliver, to deliver more to their clients and also to help them scale and to grow their businesses. Now, Stephen Larson has been very, very intelligent in the internet community because he really brought in a lot of new expertise, new insight and wisdom into offer creation, right? And creating offers is super important because if you have an offer, it could be a product or a service, right? If your offer is just like everybody else, right? If your offer is just like everybody else, then it's really hard to compete, because if you're like, I kind of do the same thing as this other person, as my competitors, and there's nothing too much different about you and you're not better than them either, then it's, it, it kind of gives your customer, makes them makes it really difficult to choose you, right? Especially if your competitors have been around, been around your market longer than you then, and your offer is similar, then it's kind of like, well, how do you, how you, how do you persuade them to purchase from you as opposed to someone else or doing nothing at all about what they want to do? Right. So Stephen Larson has mastered this, the, uh, the art and science of creating good offers, offers that aren't in the competition space, but offers that kind of are open up their own market. So there, they, there is no competition, right? So you create a brand new category and then you create an offer. So there is no competition and you are really the only choice and the best choice. So this is. Stephen Larson, and you're, you're probably wondering, well, why do you have him on your podcast? How is that related to career? And how is that career revisionist? So suffice to know that I'm, I'm talking to Stephen Larson, and we're not talking about creating offers. We're not talking about internet marketing. We're not talking about how to scale a business. I brought him in to talk about him. 
Stephen Larson has had a lot of challenges uh, in his in his career journey, and you'll hear him talk about this, and, and I'll and I'll prompt him with questions as well. So he's had a lot of challenges, and you might be re- be able to relate to some of the challenges he had uh, up until you know up until you know the past five years or so, and his challenges were seemingly insurmountable. You know, they were they were quite overwhelming. You know, when you when he experienced them, and he was. He was the he was a real go getter. He was very hungry for that career success, and he'll share with you how he made that happen. And the reason why I brought him on was in part to because his story is so inspirational, but also because in business, and I talk about this a lot. If you've been to my trainings, you'll hear me say this a lot: that in business there are so many parallels to career and building a business. You know, if you want to, sorry, building a career and, and growing your career is just so similar to starting a business and growing a business and scaling a business. So there's so many parallels to that. So here he is. I'm bringing on Stephen Larson. I'm going to talk about careers and keep in mind, and I'll prompt you as well during my conversation with him, how similar they are to each other, building a career versus building a business. So without further ado, here is Stephen Larson. Hi, Stephen. I have been waiting for a while to talk to you. So thank you for joining me on my show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So and you and I, we've known each other in the, Click, in the ClickFunnels community. We met a couple of times before at various, Russell, various of Russell Brunson's live events. But I wanted to talk to you actually about you. Right. So Sounds you. Have, <laughs> so I've heard your story. I've heard your story. But if you can share with my listeners and my viewers as well a little bit about yourself and where you came from. I mean, where where were you in the beginning start of your career, and how did you make this journey into your own business and into offer creation? And tell us about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, my wife and I got married 2011, and like a lot of new young couples, we we really didn't have anything, and. Uh, we're like, oh, we'll get jobs, and we couldn't. You know, we moved to this new little college town where there was more supply than demand. So people working for three bucks an hour, you know, and we we couldn't find any place to work. Um, few weeks into me being back in school, I started coming back. My wife had already graduated. I was still finishing up college classes, and I was uh, doing a marketing degree. And uh, you know, it's interesting. A few a few weeks into this semester starting, this particular semester, I, I I came back to our apartment and my wife would still be in bed. And and I'd be like, Are you okay? She'd be like, Yeah, it's fine. I'd be like, All right, you know, then I come back the next day, are you okay? She'd still be in bed. Same thing over and over and over again. And I started thinking medical, funny enough. I started thinking, like, is there something going on? And mm-hmm. after a while, um, she 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 admitted to me because she didn't want me to feel bad she finally told me she'd only been eating like one meal a day and it's cause we were so poor. She couldn't eat. Right. And, um, when I, she's eating like this little pile of beans, you know, and she was so physically weak, she'd stay in bed all the time. And, uh, it was that, that just like completely destroys you, you know, to see that. And we've been married maybe like, I don't know, two months, <laughs> three months by that time. And so my new bride, I couldn't feed her and, um, it's nothing that'll put a fire under you like that. So, you know, I went and I, I decided to try and thankfully it's, it's very easy to get student loans in this country, <laughs> which is a pro and con. I was, and I was like, I'm going to go, uh, get these student loans. And so with these student loans, I start going in and getting them, but there's like, it's going to take four to six weeks. You, you definitely qualify, but it's not going to be here for like a month. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, we're going to be dead like next week when we have nothing, you know, we're going to stay in an overpriced apartment. I think we had like a hundred bucks to our name or something. I mean, it was crazy. And, um, and so I went and, I, you know, I'm the oldest of six kids. My dad taught me how to work hard. I worked tons of labor jobs in high school and I'm very thankful to him for that. And, uh, he, I called him. I said, Hey, will you float us some cash while we wait for this? We know the loan's coming. If you can just float us, we'll pay you back as soon as it shows up here. And, uh, there's a long pause on the phone and I still remember his voice and, uh, and he goes, son, no, if I give you this money now, you will not exhaust the resources you didn't know you had. Yeah. It was like such a key thing to hear that. Right. And some people in the past have been like, Oh my gosh, like, I, no, I actually understood what he was doing. It actually meant a lot to me that he said that. And, but it was kind of like buck up, you know, <laughs> so figure it out. Yeah. And so I got busy and I remember for the next five years, I don't really remember how we made it through that first month, but I think the money accidentally showed up earlier. There was some, something that happened there. I started businesses. I started trying these businesses cause I couldn't get jobs anywhere. They're all three bucks an hour and be in full-time school and all that stuff. Um, I ended up joining the army, which kind of just floated us and paid us, which is great. Love that. Um, while I was there in college and then, um, but I was trying these businesses and like actually launching them. And I'd be like, I'd make the product, make the, oh, some web properties, go create. I went through 34 tries wow. and it was insane. Uh, the first 17, I didn't know about this thing we call sales funnels on the internet. I had no idea. The first 17 tries was over the first three years. So it was in like these three to six month rotations. I was focusing on a single business. I got really good at getting homework done quickly. And then I'd spend the rest of the day on trying to build a business to feed us. Um, and, you know, about a year before graduation, I ran into this guy named Russell Brunson. I was like, this guy looks like he's 12 years old. Does he, I don't think he shaves. So I was like, are you serious? Like, am I going to trust this guy? You know? And I started taking his courses. And I was like, this is good. It is really good. And I started taking it and actually started generating some cash and actually started getting paid and started. Anyway, we were still largely broke ish, um, making a little bit of money finally by that time. And I wanted to get to his event. And I was like, we don't have the money to go get an airplane, you know, get a hotel, go to this event. So I was like, I got to get creative about this. And like one thing I was want people to understand is that, is that barriers create amazing systems, right? Mm. They're perceived barriers. Stress creates amazing systems. So I went and I decided that I would bootstrap my way to this event. I was like, well, what do I have? I don't have money, but what do I have? I know how to build funnels, kind of, you know, I was learning how to build them at that time. So I started trading funnels for plane tickets to his event. Yeah. Uh, so, funnels, so, so for my viewers, funnels, you, you're referring to sales funnels. Yes. Yeah. yeah sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. So these sales funnels, these That's web right. properties that are just it's mm -hmm. like, it's like a website, but yeah. meant with actually sell things instead of a website. Uh, so I started building things like, and I'm not a coder, right? This is all like self-taught in the dark hours of like midnight to 3 a.m. every day. You know, I was like learning how to do this stuff. Um, I was at a marketing degree and I realized that my degree is a dime a dozen, that there was no tactical skill I was learning to leave college with. And it freaked me out. So I started learning how to build these internet sales funnels. All it is is an automated way to put a, put like an offer and a message out there for people to pay you. That's it. <laughs> so anyway, I, I went and, um, 
I started trading these. I was like, Hey, I'm going to build this thing. Don't pay me. Just buy my plane ticket. They're like, are you serious? I said, sure. <laughs> and, like in hindsight, I worked way more than the, the cost of the plane ticket. <laughs> um, you know, then I did it again for the hotel nights for Russell's event. Then I did it again for the event ticket for the, you know, his, his event. And I remember I, I showed up as in San Diego, 2016. So not long ago, which is crazy how fast this game can move. And I showed up almost totally broke and what little money we had, I didn't want to spend it on a taxi. So I literally rented a bike in San Diego and I put my luggage over my shoulder and just, you know, rode a bike through San Diego to his event. And I threw the bike in a bush and I walked into the event and I registered and they were like, you're that guy pulling off all that Star Wars ninja crap in our software. That's what he said. It's like, what? It's like, I want you to work here. I was graduating in five days and I ended up getting five job offers at that funnel hacking live event and, uh, um, worked for Russell Brunson a week later and, uh, which is absolutely ludicrous. So that's how it happened. That's amazing. So you had, you had a degree in marketing. Yeah. Can you share with me, how did you decide to get a degree in marketing? What was your thought process of, oh, I'm going to go and get a degree in marketing. And did that help you? Yeah. You know, I actually, at the beginning it was CIT. Um, my dad was a coder. He's, you know, he's a coder uh, and he's extremely well-known in the industry. He's created a lot of industry standards, anything from watches to the reason you can push a button in your car and start it. My dad's been involved in a lot of things like that and very smart. Um, so I was like, I'm going to go follow dad. And uh, I got to that first CIT major and I understand what's happening in code and how it works, but I do not have the brain to sit there and code. I'm too hyper. (laughs) And I was like, I I just can't do this. And so I I decided not to. And I changed my major to finance. So I was like, well, I'm really, I, I like accounting stuff. Actually, I really like learning numbers. I like understanding what causes business to happen but I had a really profound teacher, a really awesome professor. He was, uh, he used to be the CMO of Denny's and of Pizza Hut. Oh. And, um, so it was cool. Cause he, he's the guy that invented stuffed crust pizza, you know, and he's the, <laughs> he went in and he taught us all this cool stuff. And, um, I was like, how did you come up with your new ideas? You know, all the questions people ask me now, how'd you come up with this idea? How is it that you created like, did you know stuffed crust pizza was going to work? You know, did you know this isn't, you know, and it was interesting to see what his responses were. And he could see this internal conflict that I was having. And I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I still don't. Right. And, and I don't think that matters that much. Um, and what I said, what I said to him was like, could you help me just figure out what I want? Like, I don't know. I could do supply chain. I almost went into supply chain management because I thought that's really fun and I'm kind of analytical. Um, I, I was like, I could do finance. I could do, and he goes, you need to do marketing. And you know, it's funny. I made fun of marketing to my wife multiple times years before I was like, marketing is the cop out degree. Who are you? When you do marketing it is for people who are dumb that can't hack something else. <laughs> and that's what I used to think about it. And he goes, no, you are wrong. He said, the reason why I think you'd like marketing is because you're very good at solving a new problem each day. And that's what marketers do. They wake up and they walk into the office and while supply chain is checking the oil in the car to see how far you can make it, right? And finance is looking at the fuel gauge to see how far you could go. Nice. Marketers are the one in the driver's seat. 
they're actually the ones steering the entire company vehicle. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he started teaching me and training my mentality on this and helping me realize that a marketer is actually what turns the whole business. And I, he's the one that got me into marketing itself. Um, okay. So I decided to go into marketing because I wanted to solve problems and new problems. I was like, I can't do the same thing every day. I just can't. Um, I can't be stuck in a cubicle. I'm going to go nuts. Um, and so that's why he told me to go into marketing. And then what I learned in the school was what is called general marketing. You know, it's like when you walk into a stadium sports arena and there's all this branding all over the place and they're like, that's, this is marketing. That is not marketing. That is general marketing. And it is dumb marketing. It is deep pocket, reckless, spended marketing um, because you can't measure it. Mm-hmm. And so what I learned from Russell Brunson around the same time period was that there's this other world that wars with that world called direct marketing. Direct marketing focuses on human psychology. It focuses on when I put a dollar in, am I getting a dollar or two back out? It's measurable marketing um, because it goes right to the consumer. And with that style, you can get rich very quick. The other way, you have to go get a loan and a whole bunch of garbage that you can skip. You said something earlier that I wanted to draw some attention to. You said that I still don't know what I want to be doing when I grow up, and I don't think that matters. So, you know, can can you, can you go into that a little bit? Why don't you think that matters? And what do you mean when you say, I don't know, I still don't know what I want to be? (laughs) Well, I know that first and in some regard, I know I'll get into the software business. You know, I just know it's coming, but like, I don't know when and what I'm doing right now. I'm fine with that. You know, (laughs) Um, I think for me, part of it is that I spent so many years trying to figure out what I wanted to be that when I finally started seeing this direct response marketing game show up and I was like, Oh my gosh, I could go sink my teeth into this. Holy crap. I'm not that bad at it. You know? And like, you know, and start finding out what, what do you want to be when you grow up was like a constant discussion growing up. So for me to say that now is a big deal. Um, it's, I'm not saying have apathy towards it. I'm very calculated. I'm not saying to sit back and do nothing you know, control your destiny. But, um, I think, I think people try to plan too much, you know, like there's a bunch of stuff that happened yesterday that was not on our whiteboard plan, you know, and when you can stay flexible that way, but there's some brains that have an easier time with that. And others that don't, I have a very open loop. I open a lot of loops. Um, that's my personality. Um, there's other brains that they close loops and that's their personality and that's fine. Um, but you have to know which one you are. If you're a loop opener, which means you're constantly seeing new connections and possibilities everywhere. That's a gift, but it also stresses the crap out of the loop closer brain. Who's more like an accountant who needs more calculated decisions on certain things. You know, um, somebody who's a, somebody, somebody who is a, an engineer, I drive them nuts. Well, what, what's your plan for this in three weeks? I'm like, I got three weeks to figure that out. What do you, I don't need to even think about that. What are you talking about? So some of it is my personality. But there is a there is a, a real principle though behind it, I feel like, where if I get too strict, like the market is moving so fast now. Yeah. If I get too strict on what I'm like, I'm only gonna do these things, but I really I need to make an adjustment, sometimes my plan gets in the way with my future because I can't be flexible for where I'm moving forward. So I'll be honest with you, I only plan forward about I plan one year out. I know what I'm doing this year. Um, or the outcomes that I want. And then what I do is I get very strategic on the next three months. So every quarter, we have a quarterly planning session where I only look into the future three months. 
I know where I'm going in a year, quarterly planning. And then there's, I, I, I leave some wiggle room in there for the things that are unexpected that pops up. Right, right. Oh, that's amazing. Stephen, you've had a, you've had a very inspiring career journey, you know, <laughs> especially, you know, what you shared with us, really inspiring. What Thank would you. you say are the top three traits that you had that helped you to have the success that you have right now and, and to be able to, you know, land that, that dream career with, with Russell Brunson? What would you say are the top three traits that allowed you to do that and transition so smoothly? I guess I should finish the story. I actually ended up leaving um, so about a year and a half ago, um, or the, January of 2018, so more than a year and a half ago now, um, I was, you know, it's really interesting how, how conflicting this decision was for me. I, I, I sat next to him for two years, built almost 500 of these sales funnels with him. And for, for some context for everybody else, we try to get people in their business life to build one funnel. 500 is insanity. Like, don't think you have to do that. That is, that is way too many. We were building funnels. We we're doing projects with Tony Robbins and Marcus Limonis from the profit. And you know, people like Robert Kiyosaki and I mean, big names in, in, in any industry. And, um, and, and some of the things that I, I started realizing that while it was super fun to sit next to him and do all that, and it certainly helped, Right. I mean, it accelerated learning like crazy to be just bur, you know, just around that environment and learn things I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, you know, I just, I need, I needed to leave. Um, I got the bug. And so I decided that I would leave, but I do it in a very dramatic way. I left click funnels well, and I focused just on that. But when I left, I decided to leave in a dramatic way, meaning I had no product, I had no funnel. I had no revenue. I had nothing, which again, I do not recommend. <laughs> that is ludicrous, but I was a very experienced funnel builder by that time, you know? So like I knew I, I could build a net to catch us. And so what I decided to do is document the journey of me leaving. And in the first four days after I left without a product, I had 59 grand in, in the pocket, um, uh, or no, 27. Anyways, that first month we did 59 grand. Um, it took 13 months for the first million to happen. The second million came seven months after that. And then last month we had our first million dollar day, which is crazy. And um, the, the traits that you need for something like that, like you, I've coached so many people in the one funnel way challenge that Russell does almost 30,000 people now have come through that, that I've got a chance to coach um, two comic club coaching program. I, I helped create the first one. Um, I actually built it and then Russell went and launched it. And it was, anyway, I'm very into the coaching side of it. Cause I know we all need that part of it, yeah. but I'll tell you, I can't teach hunger. I just can't. I don't know how to, I try to teach it and people think they want it, but they really don't. Or what really happens is I go and I teach a model that I know causes cash and then they look at it. And as they start moving towards it, they say, well, that might not work for me. Or they say, well, uh, maybe that doesn't work anymore. Well, uh, and what's they, that's what's happening externally. And they, they believe that's why they're not actually doing the model that I'm teaching. What's really happening on the inside is they are starting to address character flaws that they didn't know were there. Robert Kiyosaki talks about this and he says, he says, the moment you start an entrepreneurial journey, you're going to have a bunch of character flaws basically explode in your face. And 
until you address them in some manner, you will not move forward. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love the game so much. So when we say like, what character traits do we go for? What people have to get used to is the fact that their own internal fiber is going to start moving a lot. It's, it's going to move like crazy. And it's almost like the ogres with onions thing, right? You're going to start pulling back all kinds of layers with the onion and realize what the core of you, who you are, right? Um, to build a business is, I mean, if you know, um, there's another big name in our industry. His name is Alex Sharfin. And uh, I know you know, but for everyone else, he, uh, he had a friend that went through cancer. And he's like, dude, making a business was more intense than chemo. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's not because of the business. It's because of everything that you go through internally while you move forward. Is this good enough? Is it bad enough? Was it me? Was it them? Is the product good? Is the product bad? Was the traffic source awesome? Was it terrible? What campaign should I have done? Is the fulfillment there? It's like it, it, your mind has a tendency to spin all this stuff because it's kind of your baby. Mm-hmm. And what happens is internally, what trait do you need? You need to focus on the fact that, uh, (laughs) I don't say focus, but you need to be aware of the fact that you are about to shift like crazy. Um, About three months ago, I was sitting at dinner and my wife was looking at me and she goes, what's wrong? And uh, I was like, oh, you can tell. (laughs) She goes, yeah. She goes, what's wrong? I said, I can tell that where my business needs to go in the next six months, I don't qualify for, which means I have to grow again. (sighs) And, and I feel like I just got done on the last big personal growth and I'm kind of tired. And, uh, and she goes, you know, she's like, you can do that. You know, you, you got it. And it's, it's one of the biggest things I can try to help people understand with this game is that it is. Um, the best personal development course you never enrolled in <laughs> and you did not mean to. And, uh, you know, for example, I used to have people reach back out and kind of get feisty with me if I didn't build their funnel and wipe their butt for them. You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> like what? And so I would be like, you know, so I would, my, my reaction was very react. It was reactionary. It was very snappy. Bam! Snap judgment. Boom! 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 I snapping back. They'd snap, and I'd snap right back. And um, that was a character flaw, yeah. right? So, you know, and it's not that way anymore. Uh, character flaw I used to have was uh, before I'd go on stages, I would get so nervous. The wrong kind, though. And that's why I created Steve, right? Steve is the alternate personality I have that destroys stages. He wrecks the stage. He hopes the host got stage insurance because I'm going to break it. And right? I've I'm seen it dest- happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to destroy microphones. I'm going to make every sale happen on the planet. This is like a separate alter ego I step into before I go in. But anyway, but that's, that's like the one trait that I cannot teach and I can only bring attention to in hopes that people capture it is the ground's going to shift for you and you think you're building the business and you are. And I used to get so frustrated with this whole personal development side of it. I was like, Oh, just it's a business is a series of systems. Let me just go build the business. Stop telling me it's all this fishy hokey pokey stuff. You know, I I got frustrated with it until I started experiencing it. And I was like, man, I don't qualify for what I'm trying to do. I'm not good enough. I, I am the deliverer of the message. Me, I'm not good enough to deliver the message to the market. Yeah. And I remember there was, I think I was on try like eight, you know, and we were starving almost. And uh, I was in a freezing apartment. And I remember kneeling down and 
just begging to God being like, why isn't this happening? I can't pay for my, I can't feed my family and um, I'll do it, whatever it is. But what is it? Just tell me the business idea. What is that? And, and I want everyone to know that he answered. And the answer was 34 tries over five years. Wow. Right? Because I didn't qualify for what I was asking for. We all said, I want a million dollar business. Most of us could not handle a million dollar business. When I saw Russell, when I first started working for him versus who he is now, he is drastically a different person. The Russell Brunson of yesteryear could not handle what ClickFunnels is doing now. There's not a chance. He has grown too much. And as I sat down and watched him, that was the other amazing thing I got to observe was him grow up again. And he's doing it right now again. I'm watching him. He's growing up again and he's shedding, getting rid of distractions and getting more clarity and cutting things out. And, and, um, um, that's, that's as much a part of the game as the actual models we teach. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's wonderful, wonderful about your, your story is that you've been reinventing your career, reinventing yourself again and again, right? Yeah. And to my listeners, I mean, if you're watching this right now and you're listening to this right now and you're wondering, why are you bringing Stephen Larson into this show? He, has a, he owns a business. He's an entrepreneur. I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I'm in corporate. You know, I'm working for somebody. But here's yeah. the thing. Yes, Stephen Larson has built businesses, you know, he's talking about business, but you have a business too, right? Your career is your business. It's time to start thinking like a business owner. Mm-hmm. Right? And and I and building a career is so very similar to building a business because you have a message and an offer. Right? You have a message and an offer. Even though you're an entrepreneur, you have a message, your message, you have an offer. Your offer is the value you bring to the business you're going to work for. Right? So I mean, I know that I want to be respectful of your time. If you could just share with I got about 10 more minutes. You're good. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Just, I would just want to ask you, what was your message and your offer when you were scrambling and you were getting resourceful and you were hungry for, okay, I want to get Russell Brunson's attention. I want to, that seems like a great company I want to work for. What was your message and offer at the time? Like, how did you, how did you make that happen for yourself? What's funny is I actually never intended to work for ClickFunnels. They gave me five job offers. Um, and um, I mean, I, I loved it. I'm so glad I did, obviously. But what's interesting is like one of the best ways, and I've watched him do this multiple times as he has grown and tried to hire on who he needs to and things like that. Yeah. He hires his best students. And, and so not his best job application. Mm-hmm. And so one of the, if you want to get somebody's attention, you know, I, I wrote down that I, Russell Brunson, right? He was like the number one person I wanted to get closer to. And when I couldn't get his attention at that time, even then he was, they were doing millions of dollars a year. They were a big company already. And I couldn't get his attention. Understandably. It's not that he was being rude. He's just, he's a big, busy CEO. You know, what I decided to do was to start finding ways to serve his following and his following delivered me to him. And so what I got good at is like six months beforehand, I would just answer tons of people's questions in his Facebook group for them. And I would answer and answer and answer and answer and answer and bring in all the stuff. And what was cool is it, it made me, besides the fact that I was building funnels for people, it also made me understand the more nitty gritty parts of their software. So if you want to get somebody's attention, be their best student. That's like one of the most honoring things to somebody like Russell or a guru or, or a leader 
is, is to really, really be the best student. And then they give you a lot of time because they care about their thing. They care about the craft. They've put so much time in their own craft. When they see somebody else, you know, it's kind of like, you know, with your career, there's some people that get it and some people that don't. And the people that have the remotest amount of a, a, a interest, right. will look at them and be like, <laughs> right. And we tell them everything about our, you know, we all do that. It's because we geek out on our craft. And uh, when someone's like, Oh, funnel, kitchen funnels. I'm like, no, but all right. You know, and then someone's <laughs> like sales funnel. I'm like, yeah, you know, funnels. I know. Right. And we all go nuts on it. It's the same thing with, uh, <laughs> same thing with, with, with any guru or leader. Oh my, thank you so much, Stephen, for sharing your story. I, I want to be respectful of your time. If you can tell us where can, where can people find you if they want to, you know, yeah. chat with you, if they want to see more about what you do, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, probably the best spot is uh, the hub for everything is uh, stevejlarson.com. Okay, I'll put the links into the show notes. Thank you so much, Stephen. It's an honor to t- talk to you and to just to hear your story from this more personal perspective. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Any, any last advice that you can give to listeners and viewers for if they want to reinvent their career, if they want to, if they want to move that needle in their career? Yeah, you know, um, for a long time... Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I didn't know where I fit. Um, and, uh, and I knew that I could do the corporate route externally, but internally it would kind of kill me, you know, and, and nothing wrong with that. If that's what you want to do, then do it and be the best at it. I don't really, I don't believe everyone should be an entrepreneur or everyone should be in corporate, right? We all got our, our, our spots where we're more natural to fit, which is great. Um, but if you're trying to find some career change or you're trying to make the jump or whatever, Understand that like one of the biggest questions I get asked is, Stephen, what's the next step for me? And um, for a long time, (laughs) we were married. We did. I mean, I I was going to counseling. I still go to counseling. I I go to therapy all the time because I because of the whole I got to get better at me. When I realized I was like, dang, well, I'm going to hire tons of coaches to come in and just constantly be developing me and changing me. And I was like, um. But anyway, I was going to counseling and my wife was there with me and this counselor looked at me and he goes, have you ever been tested for ADHD? And just the thought that he even brought that up set me off. Don't tell me something's wrong with me. You know, like what is wrong with Bruce? Something's wrong with you. You know, like I didn't want to be labeled. I was like, don't put me in a box, you know, anyway. And, uh, and he goes, you know, maybe maybe you might have it. And I was like, my wife's like, maybe you should just take the test. You know? <laughs> so I went and I took the test. I go and I hand it back to him a week later and he goes and he takes the test and brings it back into another room and uh, comes back and he goes, you don't have ADHD, but you have a lot of symptoms of it. And I was like, isn't that how you decide when someone has anyway, <laughs> anything? <laughs> I don't know if I do or if I don't, but the point is I started carrying it as a banner as to why I no longer qualify. Mm -hmm. And all these things were, and it was rough, right? I'm not good enough. It's like a a self-made whip, self-inflicting whip. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I got kicked out of my first semester of college. I had to go learn how to learn and then come back in and ended with a 3.8, which is awesome. But like the first, like I was really bad. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't know how to speak. Right. I'm terrible at making money apparently. Right. And back in that time, my life, and it's so easy for us to look at the things that we are not as the reason why we can't. 
But funny enough, they're actually the reason that we get qualified to do what we want. And so people ask, what's the biggest thing? What's the next best step for me, Stephen? The answer, it's, it's, I keep this coin on my desk, you know, and, and uh, this coin, I don't care whatever, whatever you're going for. If you're trying to be an Olympian, if you're trying to be the best in your career, if you're trying to be CEO of something, like it doesn't matter. The next step is always in front of you. And it is the one that you think is the obstacle. And this coin, sorry, this coin says the obstacle is the way. The obstacle is the way. And on the back says the impediment to advance, the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. Because I was broke, I know how to make a lot of money now. Because I had no idea how to speak, that's why I know how to speak now, right? And, and everything that we think is our weakness is our strength. And that's why I don't believe really in failure. Um, so when you're like, oh, how do I advance this? How to go for that? Whatever it is, funny enough, and we don't want to hear this, whatever is like kind of the uncomfortable thing we're trying to not look at, I dare you to look at it, right? And confront the beast. Because that on the other side of it is what qualifies you for the things in the future. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to speak, right? That's why I don't know how to. Yes. Failure is just a feature, isn't it? Failure failure is not even real at all. It's all about progression. Yeah, that's right. Thank you so much, Stephen Larson, for your for your wisdom and for your openness to share with us. Well, thank you very much, Doctor. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right.